0: Visit tripsurfervacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there.
1: Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in pharmaceutical-grade non-isolate-based CBD,
0: No, no, Steven. It's okay. I'll just do the show just down here on the floor. I I I, I
1: mean, we can't. You're not really by the mic. Uh,
0: it's it's going to be okay. I'll figure it out.
1: Do, do you want me to move it for you or
0: uh, Okay, I think I can do
1: this. Okay. I think I can do this. Uh-huh.
0: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the coronavirus gentleman, Tanner <laughs> Pruitt. I'm just kidding. I'm just severely congested, you guys. I, I don't have the coronavirus. <laughs> and sitting right across from me is the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy howdy 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 Steven how you doing man
1: uh, a little bit better than you right now <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah yeah well th- w- this uh, yeah this this congestion's been awful but you know, like Michael Jordan with the flu I figured I'd come in and try and try and pull this off
1: <laughs> the show must go on yes yes this is true this is true <laughs> you take some take some medicine or something yeah I'm fully loaded <laughs> fully loaded huh <laughs> yeah okay I,
0: yeah I, I, I took all the medicine. Oh yeah. Well, so. that's
1: definitely not a good idea. Yeah, but it's, it's, well, you just like grabbed every bottle from your medicine cabinet. Yeah. And it's just like this might do something. Yeah, this
0: this is gonna help. You know,
1: I mean, at the very least, you might like pass out. Yeah, and well, then your congestion's not a problem. It's,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, oh boy. <laughs> well, we've got a, a lot of wrestling to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. A, a lot of stuff, and um, I. I Yes, we we missed out on doing the Takeover Portland review last week. Yes, and I'm sure. Look, if you haven't checked out NXT Takeover Portland, first off, you, you really need to. You should do that. You yeah. really should get on that. Like, like right now. Like, like don't. I guess you could stop the podcast and then, and then go and watch NXT Takeover Portland if you wanted to. But I'd like to keep you on the you yeah. know, listening here. Yeah.
1: I mean, spoiler alert, it's great. So you should yeah. definitely watch it like a hundred percent. Um, we might get a little spoilery. So uh yeah. you know, if you care about that, you know. Yeah. Don't don't close the window. Yeah. Just pause the podcast. Right. Go watch that. If you if you're continuing to listen to the
0: show from this point on and you haven't seen Takeover Portland, be advised. We're about to spoil some sh- stuff for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So With that said, NXT TakeOver Portland last week. An amazing show, I thought. Absolutely stunning show. Um, I mean, I I can't think of a show that's happened so far this year that is top to bottom as good as this one has been. Even the Wrestle Kingdom shows, it it just doesn't seem like those were nearly as stacked top to bottom. And as well executed top to bottom as these are. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are definitely um, matches from New Japan as well as maybe some other places that are perhaps better than one of th- th- than some of these matches here on this uh, NXT takeover Portland um, show. But as a cohesive, one sh- you know, whole show, big picture point of view, This is definitely, I would say, probably a a front-runner so far for show of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think this partly comes down to uh, something that both NXT and AEW both do, um, where their their pay-per-view shows, they're not very long. And... And that's you know that could be a good thing or a bad thing depending on what's going on but I think that gives them the chance to really put together the matches that they know everyone really really cares about and really really wants to see yeah so in, instead of you know eight nine matches with maybe three or four filler matches, you get five to six bonkers matches, yes. you know what I mean and I think that that works really really well for them for making all of their takeovers seem huge no no matter what time of the year it is no matter what matches are on the card they're always relevant to what's happening mm-hmm. on uh you know NXT TV or Dynamite TV for AEW mm-hmm. and uh yeah i would say that this this show here NXT Takeover Portland
0: is in my view the the proper heir apparent to what NXT Takeover New York City was last year um which was um my show of the year uh, at, at our 2019 end of the year uh, awards. Like there, there were other takeovers. <laughs> there was other shows that NXT did, but top to bottom, this show here was just—it was everything that you wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, <laughs> were were all the results of what I absolutely wanted to see? Maybe not. Is it the perfect pay per view? Probably not. But top to bottom, this is uh, this is a can't miss show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, every match is fantastic. <laughs> I don't think there is a weak match on the card at all. Mm. Um, my only, like, really, my only complaint with the show is the ending of two matches. Um, to a certain degree, um, mm. I, I understand the ending and why they did it on some of the matches, but at at the end of the day, it is still a in unclean ending to a match, which has its place, but Mm. it's kind of annoying, especially at a pay-per-view, in Mm. my opinion, but um, still a fantastic card.
0: Well, we'll we'll briefly kind of run over the card and kind of give out the results and kind of our thoughts on it. Um, I I guess there's not a better place to start here than uh, Keith Leed defeating Dominic Dijakovic in a one-on-one contest here for the NXT North American Championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was... For me, this was the match that I think everybody's been waiting for as far as if you knew who Keith Lee was before WWE or NXT, if you knew who Dominic Dijakovic was before NXT, you know, you've probably heard about their legendary match that they had in PWG at Battle of Los Angeles. And while this one is, I would say this one is about as close to that level as you can possibly get. Um, I mean, it just had everything that you would want. They went over 20 minutes, which for a takeover, it's not unheard of, but at the same time, it's like, wow, that's, that's fairly long <laughs> for, for, for an opening contest.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's for an opening match, I think is a pretty long, uh, time to do it. However, man, they, they filled every minute of that with really, really great action, really good storytelling and everything. Um, i i think personally an opening match um just being very explosive out out of the gate and kind of ending quickly is usually like the standard from from what i see uh, and it tends to work really well but mm. nxt showed that you can have just a huge hoss fight right out the mm. get go and still be able to pump the crowd up
2: mm.
0: yeah i mean it definitely set the pace for the rest of the night and you were kind of, i was kind of worried about it myself i was like well, can anybody is anybody gonna like live up to this one here? Because that was that was, it's it's quite a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, while it's probably not, it it is about as close to that PWG match as you're probably gonna get. It's not a perfect match by any stretch of the imagination. Is there things that you can get nitpicky about? Absolutely. That's any match, but, though. yeah, true. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, this was very very good. Um, obviously, Keith Lee retains, um, and uh, on NXT, um, uh, the fallout kind of was Dominic Dijakovic once again wants to challenge Keith Lee for the North American title. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have any problem with these guys having another match. They faced each other quite a lot, though, Steven. Mm-hmm. Do, I mean, does that... Does that have any diminishing returns for you or diminished value for you if Keith if 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 Dominic Dijakovic wants to challenge immediately once again?
1: I mean a little bit. Yeah. Not gonna lie. You know, obviously for the longest time in WWE they had that that rematch clause where <laughs> there there'd be a pay per view for a title and if uh you know, the title changed then pretty much the next night on Raw they would have another match. Um and that always cheapened it a little bit for me just because you know obviously this is a storyline and it's very planned and everything like that but if you if you look at it from bird's eye view Dominic Djokovic just lost why is he still the number 1 contender you know so i think it'd be a lot better if they had uh if they maybe brought someone into that story uh, they don't have to end the Keith lee Dominic Djokovic like uh, feud that they have going on but maybe bring someone else in that mm. that is considered the number one contender and just have Dominic Dijakovic just continuously get more angry with them and, and trying to like you know destroy this guy uh, attack him backstage attack oh. him during matches and things like that and just yeah. have this whole thing of Dominic Dijakovic being like I'm not quitting until I get that title yeah and I think that's a much better way to do it than to just be like okay we'll try again you know
0: yeah yeah no, and and there's, it's not like they're they're hurting for people to have you know matches with Keith Lee, right? right? Like you could do you know Keith Lee and Kushida for in a friendly match, or you could do it with you know Bronson Reed or uh, Cameron Grimes or anybody else, right? Like there's you mean Trevor of, Lee? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> you know that guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's any number of of. Um, People that you could have that would, would step into that match seamlessly, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Kai had her match with Tegan Knox. Uh, it, uh, best match on the card. Wait, what? You think that's the best match on the card?
1: The match was phenomenal. All
0: right, well, I'll, I'll let you say your piece here in just a moment. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox had a match uh street fight. Yes. Uh two former best friends, you know, having a, a little bit of a, a blood feud. Um it was I thought it was a very solid match for sure. Yeah. I was very much put off by the ending of it, yeah. which involved uh the interference of uh Raquel Gonzalez, I believe, mm-hmm. who kind of came out of nowhere and she hadn't been hyped up i I personally didn't see any promos about her or anything like that, and it even seemed like it kind of surprised Dakota Kai that raquel Gonzalez was going to be there mm-hmm. um, She tried to i believe slam uh Tegan Knox through a table that didn't yeah, happen that didn't happen at all uh the back of Tegan Knox's head just bounced off the table mm-hmm.
1: And that looked very dangerous, yeah, um, and then she was kind of like the table like flipped over too. so she yeah. like smacked her head and the table flipped over and she landed like with her neck like pressed against the table. yeah and yeah, it was it was pretty rough.
0: yeah it was it was rough. I mean, the match itself was was pretty solid, mm-hmm. I would say yes, it was it was it was a very solid match, but you're saying best match on the whole
1: card? I, I mean, I'm exaggerating it,
0: uh, okay. I just making sure.
1: <laughs> See, here's the thing. Without the shenanigans at the end with with the... with uh, what, what was her name again? Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez. If she hadn't come out and, and had that weird spot with the table with Tegan, uh, the match would have been a lot better. But me personally, I think just... The story they were able to tell in the ring with the the brutal moves that they were brutal brutal moves that they were doing throughout the match I think kind of outweighs the ending a little bit for me um, mm. not the best match on the card but uh, probably the best match I've personally seen from Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox it was just. And I love hardcore matches, right? Yes, you do love a good hardcore match. I love hardcore matches. And this one just did it so well with the... I think the biggest thing was the storytelling that that was going on. And I think the commentary uh, team did a very, very good job of really, like, pronouncing that as well. Uh, But you just had moves where Dakota Kai was, like, bringing out just this, like... I don't even know. Like this demonic side almost with you know slamming uh, Tegan Knox's head in a in a chair and <clears throat> and everything like that. like just a lot of really, really big power moves. There was a chain at one point. Uh, I don't know it, it, just being a fan of hardcore wrestling, this mm. match gave me everything I wanted out of a street fight between these two and I think they did a really, really good job of making the whole blood feud storyline mm-hmm. very, very believable.
0: I I can agree with that. I think that um, it's 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 actually something important that you just made note of here, and this is something that I love about the whole entire card. There's a little bit of something for everybody mm-hmm. at NXT uh, Takeover Portland, definitely. Right. So like, <laughs> uh, to to steal a line from uh, from Big E on the uh, uh, the podcast that they do with the New Day, if you want. A match with two big meaty men slapping meat—that's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> that's what you want. Forget your five star classics. Yeah, your thirty, your 30 minute, minute matches. matches. I don't want it. <laughs> if you want two big meaty men slapping meat, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic—that's your match. Absolutely. If you're a hardcore enthusiast like like yourself, Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Um, uh Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano, it's it's like a a technical master class, mm-hmm. right? Um, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, you know, singles one on one women's championship match, right? Broser Weights versus Undisputed Era and Bobby uh Undisputed Era and Bobby Fish. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Yo. That's the one.
1: <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly is all of Undisputed Era <laughs> exactly, now. <laughs> exactly. He's the only one left. Yeah, um, he's just he's just like alone in the corner with a spotlight, and he's like playing the air guitar on his championship, like crying. <laughs> uh, I love I mean, you, Kyle. Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah t- t- fantastic tag match. And then it, here's what he, here's what gets me. It all crescendos to the main event, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and l- l- let's talk about I guess that the Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano match because mm-hmm. that was. I had very high expectations for it, and it definitely—I would say it at least met my expectations for what I what I wanted to see out of this match.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that they were going to kind of go with a different style of the match because obviously Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano—they're very, uh, they're both very, very good at the technical style of of wrestling. But with Finn Balor's character right now, I thought he was just going to go in there and kind of just try to beat the shit out of him, and, and yeah. not and not really go for the the long winded, you know, lots of reversals, things like that. I thought he was just going to go out there and be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to murder you." But they they really they they leaned very very heavily into the technical style, which, like you were saying, I think plays very very well into the overarching show mm-hmm. with. Every match having a little bit for everybody, you right? Know? And there definitely was a little bit of Finn Balor just kind of beating the shit out of out of Johnny. Yeah. Um, well,
0: and and I think that's that's Finn Balor's approach to being a heel is like he's just it's it's almost like the Zack Saber Junior school of being a heel. Like, right? I, I'm going to be the heel in just the matter that I'm going to just be brutal and be better
1: than you, and I'm gonna win. Yeah. 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 And, and I I specifically love the way. Finn Balor pinned him at, at the end where he's just like leaning over him and like sticking his tongue out and just yeah. like pointing to the crowd like fuck you <laughs> like oh man is this gonna be another week where I just drop a bunch of F-bombs I'm uh, sorry
0: no it's fine go go on Steven no <laughs> but it, it was just perfect
1: it, it was just perfect you have the yeah. this long match uh, I mean it wasn't terribly long i mean i could have i could have seen another you know 15 minutes of that match and i would have been fine
0: well i mean the match itself was almost half an hour did you
1: i mean yeah but like it doesn't the thing it about it, it doesn't feel exactly like half an hour. it doesn't feel like that and i think that's where because nxt's done this before where they just have a crazy crazy long match and there's you know lulls in in uh, you know parts of it and it's, it feels long yeah and, and that can definitely be mm. ha, That's what she said. good one uh, <laughs> that can definitely be to the detriment of the match for sure but with this one dude this match felt like 10 minutes like 15 minutes but it almost yeah. is 30 minutes long yeah so really with with how well they were working together in the ring me personally I could have gone for another 10 15 minutes and wow. still really love the match obviously they wouldn't do that for a non- main event match but right but man like if you can make twenty seven minutes and twenty two seconds feel like ten minutes, that's a bomb ass match. No, I, I would definitely
0: agree with you on that for sure. Um, I, like I said, I think that this certainly met my expectations. It could, it, it, I mean, I'll have to rewatch it again and see if it maybe exceeded my expectations or not. Um, but I would certainly say that this this met my expectations fully. And while I really did think that this was going to be the time for Johnny to get his, you know, like, like his revenge on this, uh, the ending to the match definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, Johnny loses to Finn um, in the match with the, the 1916 by Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great move. Yeah. Rhea Ripley uh, defeated Bianca Belair to retain the NXT Women's Championship match. Uh, a fine match. Yeah, it was good. Uh, nothing nothing crazy per, per se, but it was certainly solid between these two. Um, and then, of course, Charlotte Flair is there. Um, she comes out after the match. Woo. 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 Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm not a big Charlotte fan. Okay. Cool. I don't like, I don't hate her. Yeah. I just like, cool. It's Charlotte Flair.
0: Well, what, what do you make of her coming back and, and kind of like helping, I guess that the idea is to help boost NXT a little bit with the presence of Charlotte mm-hmm. and may, maybe Rhea Ripley coming over to raw every now and again. I mean, what, what do you make of that?
1: I mean, I don't know. It, it could be cool depending on how they do it. Um, obviously, uh, I, I don't think that a person like Charlotte would be going to NXT, um, just like full time like yeah. like Finn has. Uh, I definitely don't think that that's where they're going with it. Which me personally is kind of weird. Um, I, I don't really know like the the whole. This person is part of Raw, but then they're going to go to NXT and and have a match and talk to some people, but then they're going to come back to Raw, and they're still in the same storyline that they were in on Raw, Hmm. and and they're just kind of having like this split character kind of thing. To be fair, I don't know if that's what they're going to do with Charlotte. Uh, It it just kind of makes me nervous, because I know they wouldn't put Charlotte in NXT full-time, but they're not going to want to not use her on main roster because it's freaking Charlotte Flair. And so mm. I'm kind of just confused as to how they're going to do that. Um, mm. I I really don't know. I don't know either. It could be fine. It could be good. could be bad. I don't really know. Um, Charlotte Flair, I mean, she doesn't get a huge pop from me. Um, but who knows? It, it could be good for Rhea at the end of the day, though. I, I think that's what the hope is, is for it to be good for Rhea uh, for her
0: to be established as a star, even more so in the the eyes of the casual fan, right, right, in, in their mind. Um, I mean, I don't mind it per se, um, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be certainly interesting to see where it, how this all plays out. Yeah,
1: I'm just more more confused. If anything, I, I just want to see where they're going to go with it. Um, Charlotte Flair coming to NXT. It's not. It's not necessarily a bad thing. They could do good things with it. I'm just confused as to what they are going to do. Yeah. So, uh
0: bros are Waits, Matt Riddle, and Pete Dunn uh, defeated Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Undisputed yes. Era, to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. Yes. Uh, Steven, uh, this was a fantastic match, I thought. I thought it was very, very good.
1: It was good. Um, definitely not my favorite on the card. Uh, I don't know what it is about it. Um, I love all the guys that were in this match. Um, they all work really, really well. I really don't know. Uh, it, I guess it might have ran a little long for me or or something like that. It, it was just something about it really didn't stick with me too hmm. well. Um, I don't know. It, it was just kind of... I don't want to say sloppy because all of these guys are incredibly talented and they know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, sloppy is definitely not the right word for it. Just kind of like confusing momentum i guess uh mm. it, it was like very very back and forth which can be a good thing but in this instance was i, I don't know man mm. it, it was just kind of confusing to me it didn't really didn't really do that much for me it was a good match for sure Interesting. um it just uh wasn't as solid a, a, as i was expecting it to be mm. with the names that were in that match mm. okay okay yeah, I mean fair enough but I mean it's still a good match. Uh, I didn't not like it and we got to see a title change which is great. Um, obviously big fan of Pete Dunn and Matt riddle. yeah uh, those guys in the champs now that's awesome. Uh, yeah curious to see what they're gonna do next with it.
0: Yeah I mean I, I think that this definitely establishes Matt Riddle certainly matt riddle's long been overdue to hold some kind of title in nxt Mm -hmm. um pete dunn seems like a like a pretty good partner for him and i mean at the end of the day i thought this was a very very solid tag team match Uh, one of the better ones that we've seen from nxt all year Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean we definitely need to beef up The NXT tag division.
1: For sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a very good start to that, though, for sure. Uh, I think those guys do work well together, and they are so over, it's Mm -hmm. not even funny. Like, obviously the fans, they they liked Matt Riddle and, and Pete Dunne before, even loved them, but putting them together, man, like... It's crazy in in that arena like everyone loves these guys.
0: Yeah, I think they complement each other in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean it's good to see them win the titles. I think bringing in the grizzled young veterans from NXT UK is a good move. Uh, once again, going back to what we said kind of last week, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have the time splitters. I don't know what the, what Alex Shelley's situation is. I mean, it just, this seems like this would be a no brainer to have him stay around full time and to, to do the time splitters thing is you do want to have another baby face tag team at least one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out. And then, like I said earlier, the whole show kind of crescendos to the, to the main event here, Adam Cole retains the NXT championship, against Tommaso Ciampa. Now, yes. we were talking about, hey, this would be the time to pull the trigger on Ciampa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it did not seem to be the case here tonight. It, the match did go almost 34 minutes. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Um, lots of back and forth, for sure. Um, the ending is kind of overbooked, but this was one of those matches where it's like the near falls were very... I thought they were very well done. Mm-hmm because right, it was just like Tommaso Ciampa just won't die. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's he's there to win it, and the ending is set up to where when Johnny Gargano does come out and he, and Tommaso Ciampa is fended away all of Undisputed Era, and then you see Johnny at ringside, and then he won't let Tommaso Ciampa use the belt. It it, it uh, if you're a Tommaso Ciampa fan or a Johnny Gargano fan, it kind of leaves you in shock. Or a DIY kind
1: of, fan. Or a DIY fan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just in
0: general, it kind of leaves you in shock, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we we talked about this before that the the game plan is they're gonna always try and go back to the well for this match, right? But I mean, oh sorry. That if you guys heard that, that's my dog. She's she's was having a real nice stretch. Yeah, she she just woke up a moment ago and oh, whatever. she's back to sleep. Yeah, no, look how cute she is. G- Good night, Millie. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this uh, we all knew that this was gonna kind of come back around. I think, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean my thoughts on this match it, it was a great match okay um th- this match went uh 33 minutes 23 seconds this match was spectacular up until about the 30 minute mark maybe it is is where it kind of started to go downhill and you alluded to this a little bit you have uh undisputed era coming out uh causing you know distractions then you have Johnny Gargano come out and um he he ultimately uh hits Tommaso Ciampa with with the uh with the title, uh, ultimately leading to Adam Cole being able to pick up the victory here. Um, very, very great match. Uh, I did not like the ending. Um, mm. And for me, personally, um, the the main thing about this match that puts a sour taste in my mouth is uh, two things going forward. One, the uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa feud. It's a great feud, okay? But... I'm almost worried that they're doing, they're they're kind of relying on it a little bit too heavily. You know, you've had Champa turn on Johnny like twice. You've had Johnny turn on Champa, and, and it's like it's not really going anywhere. It seems like to me, and that's not to say I wouldn't like to see a match with them again. It's just like what is, what's happening here? Are y'all friends? Are you enemies? I don't really know. Mm. Um, and, and so that's one of them. And then two, and I might get some hate for this, but I'm kind of over Adam Cole being champion. I, I love Adam Cole, and, and I really like his style. He puts on fantastic matches, but we're getting in this rut again. It Let me rephrase that. I'm getting in this rut again, with, and I don't want to compare these two because they're in two different leagues, but Shayna Baszler... Holding on to every title, every single match ends the same, and then she she submits and gets the gets the submission. And then now again, two completely different leagues, but Undisputed Era comes out. There's some stuff that happens, and Adam Cole gets the victory. And it's like, Yes, you put on a fantastic match up until this point, but then you give me the ending that I've seen six times. And it's like, cool, that's cool. But it, it doesn't really leave me wanting more. Cause you, or it does leave me wanting more because I, I get this beautiful match. Sweet. But then you give me that ending and I'm like, okay, I've seen that. What's next?
0: Well, here's the... To play a devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Right? Please do. Like, that's, that's kind of what you want out of Adam Cole, though, right? Like, that, like you want to see him... No. W- no. It's not. Hold on. <laughs> you want to see him lose the title. Right, that's the whole idea yeah. of all this. is is yeah. a, a heel champion. You want to get to the point where you see him lose the title. He's the kind of heel that's he's he's not like a Brock Lesnar who's just like I'm a monster and I'm just going to throw you around. And like it's it's different kinds of heat, right? Adam Cole is like by hook or by crook. He's going to retain the title one way or another, and it's, it might be because of undisputed era. It might be because he got lucky. It might be because like like we saw here, Johnny Gargano screws over Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it, there's many many ways here, and I think that the, the, secondly and probably more importantly here, the whole story arc for Undisputed Era is they were like it was gonna be destined that they're all draped in gold. Well, Roderick Strong lost the North American title, and now Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly lose the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole's days are numbered. Like, like, yeah. like, like, he's, he's a, he is a wanted man right now. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see him holding on to the title for very much longer. What they do after Undisputed Era loses all the gold, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I would think that it would be somewhat wise, perhaps, to, to break up the faction mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, I mean, you've got somebody like Roderick Strong, who is like a super, like a super worker, like he's mm-hmm. a, he's ins- insanely good. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are, work very well together as a team, but uh, but Kyle O'Reilly is also a, an excellent singles competitor. Mm-hmm. I think that he would make it an awesome NXT champion one day. Actually, yes, um, agreed. And then, I mean, what what can you say about Adam Cole that hasn't been said right a hundred million times before on this show? Uh, So, I mean, I get where it's coming from, where you're coming from for sure. I do think that there's a plan here and we'll kind of touch on that plan here in just a little bit here. Um, but yes, I thought this was top to bottom, a
1: fantastic show. Oh yeah. Um, just, just absolutely out of this world. Yeah. I mean, and we've said this all the time, you know, we are critics. Uh, so obviously that we're going to point things out that, you know, maybe rubbed us the wrong way or anything like that. Uh, even even with my criticism of, of the tag match and, and my criticism of the ending of the main event, it's still a fantastic, fantastic show. Very, very good NXT show. Very great matches all the way through. I'm just nitpicking because that's my job, you know? Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I can see.
0: I can understand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I am curious to see what they do next with, with, uh, with Adam Cole. I hope it's different. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. see. Yeah. Um,
0: Let's see here. Sticking with WWE, uh, this coming Thursday, we have the Super Showdown 2020. Oh, we're here again? Super super Showdown, yes. All right. In Riyadh. For all those who don't know where Riyadh is, because WWE won't tell you. Steven, you're raising your hand? Where's Riyadh, Steven? Oh, I was... I don't know where Riyadh is. Riyadh is in Saudi Arabia. Could have guessed that. Ah, uh, well, you know. Yeah. Uh yeah. We're here again. Yeah. Um you would think that they would have learned their lesson because again, this is another Thursday show and you have another Friday taping for SmackDown, where I would expect you to bring back a lot of these same people uh for for the SmackDown show. But who knows? We'll have to to see what happens when we get there. Um, This card feels like it's kind of just put together. Um, I mean, obviously there's been stories in here, and we'll kind of go over a little bit of those here. Uh, New Day uh, uh, will uh, defend the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships against The Miz and John Morrison. Should be a fine match. Yeah, that should be
1: fun. It should should be good. I like both of those teams.
0: Uh, Seth Rollins and... Murphy, j- just Murphy. <laughs> Why do they always do this? I don't know, Steve. Ugh. I don't know, man. It's anyway. Seth Rollins and and Murphy. R- Rollins and Murphy <laughs> uh-huh. uh, versus Dawkins and Ford. Dawkins and Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the Raw Tag Team Championships, uh, Bailey will defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Naomi. Hey, good for Naomi getting a title match. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, um, Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a steel cage match.
1: I thought we were already done with this. Wait, is this... Uh, are we not done with this? Is this 2018 or 2019? Uh, is this last month? Is this like... Is, is this last week even? Yeah. I, I Dude, I want someone to go back and... Uh, I, I want someone to count how many matches Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin have had.
0: Oh, there's databases for it, I'm sure.
1: It's at least, what is it, at least 50 at this point? Like, goodness. Like, goodness. And, and like, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Roman Reigns. I would say I'm probably a bigger fan of Corbin than I am Roman Reigns, to be honest. Whoa, whoa. I do not like Roman Reigns at all. Uh, He does literally nothing for me. I don't know. Superman Punch is the dumbest move ever invented. And uh Yep. I'm gonna leave it at that. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna just sit here and bury him, but um yeah, Roman Reigns doesn't do anything for me. Baron Corbin doesn't do much more than that for me. Um and I, I don't really know, like, who is this for? Who who asked for this?
0: <laughs>
1: you uh, know? I, I I don't know,
0: man. I don't know.
1: Good thing it's taking place in Saudi Arabia, because I probably won't watch it anyway.
0: Yeah, um, so I'm looking over Pro Fight DB, which is like the IMDB of of wrestling, Yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, they've basically had matches with each other almost exclusively (laughs) going back probably ever since Baron Corbin made it back to SmackDown. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: They give you a number.
0: I mean, it's it's up there. Was mm. um, it less than fifty? I think there's maybe been one, two. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 very. There are very few matches where Baron Corbin hasn't faced Roman Reigns in the last four to five months. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway. Um so so that's going that's
1: going down, Sweet. you know. That's going to be a thing. Sweet. Um let me see At here. Least it's a steel cage match, I guess. I mean, mm, I mean that sure. could that could do something. I don't know.
0: AJ Styles versus Andrade versus Bobby Lashley versus Eric Rowan versus R Truth versus Rusev uh in a gauntlet match for the I think it's TAWAKE. Wake. to wake. That's what I would pronounce it as? I, I, I'm not sure how this is pronounced. Basically, it's for a trophy because yes. at these Saudi Arabian shows, we have to have some kind of match for
1: a trophy. It's all about trophies. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I don't... I don't. Like, I don't what does that trophy do? Do you get anything for it? I, I don't know. I think that... Um, it might just be like a King Corbin thing where they just like walk out with a trophy for a few months and they're just like, look at me, I got a trophy.
0: Well, rumor has it,
1: right, that... Rumor has it.
0: <laughs> rumor, terrible ha- song. Yes. Uh, rumor has it that uh, with what promo that AJ Styles cut recently on Raw, um, that this could lead to a match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I think that this oh. might be somewhat of a setup for that. Cool. For him to, if, if he goes and wins the trophy, he's talking about how he's still like the best in the world and blah, 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 blah. And, I see. Yeah, and then that'll somehow bring out the Undertaker. I'm not sure. It's cool. Um, yeah. I haven't I haven't thought that far out as to how they're going to pull that off, but I don't blame you. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah. Roman Reigns uh oh we we talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet for the WWE Championship.
1: Does, does Ricochet have a hope in hell? No. Oh, well. Not at all. Oh. It should be an all right match, I would think, but... uh, It'll be fine. No. It'll be all right. Brock ain't losing that.
0: Ricochet will sell for Brock. Yes. Quite a lot. Yes. And then we have the the main event, the presumptive main event, I would think, is The Fiend uh, versus Goldberg Mm -hmm. for the WWE Universal Championship. So that'll all be, again, this coming Thursday on the WWE Network. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, it looks, uh, yeah, go. Cool. Looks all right. It's fine. I don't know. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I... you think Goldberg will win? <laughs> well, I was going to say we could talk about it. Yeah. Um, we also have AEW Revolution uh, coming up this Sunday. Yeah. And Steven is very excited for I'm that. I'm pumped,
1: man. I'm pumped. It's going to be good. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Sh- uh, Chicago, Illinois, once again, Chicago. Um, just an update cause we cover this, uh, already a little bit earlier and they'll probably going to add a lot more matches to this here, mm-hmm. but just as an update here, uh, Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes, Kenny Omega versus, uh, Kenny Omega and hangman Adam page versus the young bucks has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. MJF versus Cody is confirmed still as long as Cody does not touch MJF up until the match. Right and then again uh, of course your presumptive main event Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the AEW championship.
1: Mhm. I'm still holding out hope that that MJF Cody match is going to be for some new title per my my wish from if wishes were fishes last week. Uh, I possible. still think still think it'd be awesome and uh, it's it's a great way to introduce it. I'm just saying not that they've like said at all that that is a thing or not. It's just you got to you got to assume,
0: right? Well, and Cody had quite a good match that that steel cage match that they had yes. on Dynamite this past week was mm-hmm. very very good, it I thought. It was very good. And um I, they they did it they did it a little bit differently. Like their their rules, I mean there's they did differently than what WWE does and that their rules are it's not an escape the cage, you have no to escape. pin or submit. Mhm. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a nice little twist. Cody did a crazy moonsault. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely nuts for even thinking of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but he pulled it off very, very well, I thought.
1: Mm hmm. How, how tall is that cage? Cause it's very, it's, it's up there.
0: It looked very, very large. It looked yeah. larger than a
1: standard WWE steel cage. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And it goes like, uh, it's like all the way to the floor, and uh, is it completely encompasses like the entire ring plus the turnbuckles and everything, which I think is cool. Um, it, it looked very, very menacing, you know, because it has the the huge uh, thick pillars on, on each side, and the the actual excuse me, the actual fencing itself is like whatever. They just they made it look really really good. Yeah. I, I like the cage a lot.
0: I thought I thought it was nice, um, and then um, like I said, they 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 pulled off that match very well. The the Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley match was also very 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 good. Yes, hundred um, percent. No complaints on that whatsoever. Whether this uh, wh- whether this means that Jeff Cobb
1: is going to stick around longer,
0: I, I don't know. Not much has been said that I've heard yet.
1: Yeah, everything I've read is that uh, he's he's working <laughs> on a show by show basis with Ring of Honor. Uh, he's also planning to do some New Japan stuff soon, um, and uh, I, I'm assuming he'll stay in AEW at least for a little bit. I don't know if this is going to transfer to a full time contract or anything because I know uh, I know a lot of the guys, the the higher ups in AEW. You know, your young bucks, your Kennys, your Cody's, uh, all of them have like New Japan clauses in, in their contracts saying that they can do New Japan events if if. Uh, both parties were, were willing to do that. So I don't know if this is gonna transfer into the same thing for for Jeff Cobb, if they do end up signing him but giving him, you know, a New Japan or a ring of honor provision in the contract or anything. Um I really hope so. Just cause uh that, that match that he had with Moxley was fantastic and there's plenty, plenty more guys on the AEW roster that I would love to see him fight. Um I just I don't know. It's kinda up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. really up in the air, but I, I really do hope he signs. I, I I mean, I think it would be great for him. Great for uh, AEW also.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, with all that said, let's kind of just, I know we talked about, we, we touched on some of these things here, and I kind of want to uh, dig a little bit deeper into some of these items. So uh, what we're going to do here is bring back one of our favorite recurring segments what are the odds? Boy, yes, what are the odds? This is the game where Steven and I take turns making predictions as to what are the odds that a particular event will happen. And I can't think of a better place to start here mm-hmm. than will John Moxley defeat Chris <sighs> Jericho for the AEW World Championship.
1: Man. It's a good question. That's a good question. Um Do I want it to happen? 100%. Yes. Um, Will it happen? Not really sure. Uh, I I think I'm going to go kind of 50 50 on this just because it really just depends on how much longer they think they need. Jericho to validate AEW, and, and I think mm-hmm. we're at the point with AEW that you can transfer that title onto uh, someone like John Moxley and still have the validation from Jericho being on the roster. I think he's had a great title run. I think he's done a lot for AEW with his Inner Circle storyline, his feud with John Moxley, bringing in Jeff Cobb as maybe possibly sort of part of the Inner Circle. Um, Jericho's done a lot for AEW for sure. That being said, though, I do think that they are at a stage where they can put it on someone like John Moxley and still be able to, to go with the same, uh, you know, kind of momentum. Uh, and that, that's not to say that the feud between Moxley and Jericho needs to end right there. You still have the inner circle. You still have uh, all of the people that are in the inner circle, um, they can still have a storyline where Moxley's feuding with someone else, but Inner Circle just can't let it go that he took the title off of Jericho, and, and they just continue to go after him. So they definitely could do that. Um, also, with them bringing in Jeff Cobb, that's a, a great way that they've kind of uh, you know, bolstered the power of Inner Circle. So if they do take the title off of Jericho and give it to Moxley... Um, having Jeff Cobb there is a great way to keep the inner circle going, even though Jericho is not champion anymore. So I, I'm going to say 50, 50. I really think that this could be the moment where, uh, we enter in a new era with the AEW championship.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I, you, you've definitely thought this out. I have, Probably. I have a lot,
0: possibly a lot more than what I have, but, um, uh... So I'm going to go about 30% mm. that John Moxley wins the AEW championship. Simply for something that that you brought up yourself, um what happens to to the inner circle? The uh, like the inner circle's power structure seems to be around the AEW championship. Yes.
1: 100%.
0: And it seems like you know, if there's no AEW championship, what are they going to do? Um I mean so- it,
1: it's sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but you're fine it's still Chris Jericho man it is you know um and, and I think they could pivot over to that with with changing the the pillar of the inner circle from the championship to the greatest of all time Chris Jericho
0: huh well, yeah possibly um so, but I'm gonna stick with 30 percent I just, I just I, again I think that Jericho still has more time with the title that mm-hmm. I can see. Like I can I can see him retaining the title a lot more clearly than I can with Moxley winning it. Yeah. Um, flip side of the coin here. What are the odds that Goldberg beats The Fiend for the WWE Championship in Saudi Arabia?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even want to guess, man. Like, I don't even know. What, what do you think? I'm going about
0: 65%. Really? <laughs> I think that... They're looking at the numbers and I think that they feel like possibly a Goldberg Roman Reigns main event for WrestleMania is going to be a bigger draw than what it would be for Roman Reigns and The Fiend. Mm. Now, I could definitely be wrong. Like I said, 30 there's another 35% like remainder on there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not like it's not like a done deal that Goldberg's going to beat The Fiend, right? Yeah. But I mean, Goldberg has very strong drawing power. Yeah, uh, for 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 a fellow that isn't a full time person, right? Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia with Goldberg, and with the WWE audience at large being an older fan base, perhaps it would certainly make sense. Um, the question is, what do you do with the Fiend? You know, if he's not going to be in the main event at WrestleMania, I don't yeah. think. And again, this is coming from somebody who's not a Bray Wyatt fan, so I'll probably also get some hate for this. But with that said, uh, Bray Wyatt's track record at WrestleMania is not that spectacular. Yeah. Like, uh, all I have to do is point to Exhibit A, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton mm-hmm. from just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Be like, that That wasn't a good match. Yeah you know. So I but I don't know. I don't I don't make the rules here, but I would say that Goldberg versus Roman Reigns would be quite an interesting and compelling matchup,
1: I think. I'm going to say uh 40% that that Goldberg takes the title off of him. Uh I I can definitely see your point with, you know, Goldberg being a, being a big draw because he is. Like there there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about that. You know, it's freaking Goldberg and I get that. Um but at the same time, like, what the hell was the point of the fiend then? If it's just gonna end like this, you know? Like they they built him up as this crazy unbeatable guy, put the universal championship on him, changed the color of the universal championship to match Bray Wyatt's character, and and you're doing all this stuff. You have all this crazy long term booking just to have it end in a Saudi Arabian show that no one's gonna watch. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, he
0: won a he won the title in Saudi Arabia, didn't
1: he? It, last uh, time he did. He, last time he, he was did. there yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it, it's hmm. just like what what was the point if they do end up going that route and you know not trying to be overly negative but I say that a lot about some of the things that WWE does and like mm. uh I'm a, I am actually a fan of The Fiend uh I I don't think they've handled him very well uh I think he had a lot more potential than than they've uh really given him but mm. I mean it, don't end it here. You know it's a good character if you're able to use him correctly. Uh, instead of just you know giving bullshit endings to his matches and then putting the title on him uh, and then possibly stripping it away in Saudi Arabia. So I, I don't really know. Um, me personally, I would prefer it to stay on the Fiends just because I think if they were able to kind of pivot from what they're doing with him, I think he could be a solid champion. But at the same time. It's Goldberg. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad about him having the title. You know, so I'd be okay with it. But um, I'll go about forty percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: AEW's had a pretty long running angle about uh, the uh, the Dark Order. Yeah. 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 Who who is the uh, who is the puppet master behind the Dark Order? Yeah. You know, the Exalted One. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about. Could it be Matt Hardy? Could it be Christopher Daniels? Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull. A bunch of different people, yeah. Now, at AEW Dynamite this week, during a match, uh, Raven, uh, for, for those who remember the WCW and ECW days, uh, Raven was actually in the crowd, and they, they shined a little bit of a spotlight on him mm-hmm. in the middle of one of the matches. Uh, Steven... What are the odds that it's possibly Raven being the exalted one?
1: I really don't know. Uh, I mean, it it could be... They seem to really heavily be playing that it's Christopher Daniels right now, uh, which makes me believe that it's not Christopher Daniels, because of course they're not going to be that obvious with it. Um, I actually... I missed the part where they showed Raven. What was that part? Yeah, he was just in the crowd. Mm. He was
0: just he was just hanging out. Okay. Know? But but he was there and he did look interested in
1: what was uh happening. Hmm. You know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I definitely missed that part. Um I I don't know, man. I I'm not very familiar with Raven personally. Uh I know the name. I know I've seen uh I know I've seen matches of his for sure. Um I really don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. I know it's not Christopher Daniels. I know. I know that. Like in my heart, I know that. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would say
0: this is about. Uh, I would say it's going to be a solid thirty-three percent. Is what I would say is is, is Raven would be the the um, the exalted one. I mean, but that's just be simply because I could easily see it just as well being you know Matt Hardy mm-hmm. or you know to a lesser extent maybe Christopher Daniels or Marty Scurll still might be in the running for that just based off of Marty Scurll's activity mm-hmm. <laughs> you know being he's he showed up in Ring of Honor he showed up back in New Japan he's obviously um uh he's he's having this title match with Nick Aldis in NWA yeah, I mean, uh, it, it could it could certainly be any one of them, mm-hmm. but I would think Raven is is perhaps a, an intriguing candidate yeah. uh, to be the exalted one.
1: I don't know. It definitely fits uh, AEW's style of kind of putting a, an older generation talent into storylines to to kind of validate it. You know, you have Arn Anderson following Cody around. You have uh, Chris Jericho being the the leader of Inner Circle, so it would kind of make sense uh, with their track record, I would say.
0: And it's a very Raven thing to do. Like He had the
1: flock for so long in the
0: ECW and WCW, so I I could definitely easily see it being Raven, for sure. Right on, yeah. Last but not least, for What Are The Odds, Tommaso Ciampa had some interesting words on NXT this week. Mm. Basically, and this is not verbatim, but he basically alluded that between him and Johnny Gargano that this town ain't big enough for the two of us. (laughs) Um, which was a bit worrisome for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, so with that said, Stephen, what are the odds that the, that the final chapter, perhaps in Johnny Gargano's or, or at least the next chapter in the Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa feud is going to be a loser leaves town match.
1: That would be the saddest thing ever. Um, me personally, I think it's a terrible idea. Um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are two pillars of that roster. And uh, I, I don't think that's a very good idea at all, in my opinion. Um, just like getting rid of talent just for a big feud uh, is definitely a bad idea. But I, so so for that, I'm going to put it at a, at a low probability, probably around like 20% uh, or so, just because... With the war going on between NXT and Dynamite, getting rid of talent just for a big pop is a terrible idea, and Triple H is a very, very smart guy, and I do not see him making a decision like that.
0: When you say getting rid of talent, Mm -hmm. can you clarify a bit as to what you see that as being? Well, I mean, it it could lead to a lot of things, you know... uh, No, no, just what you mean by, like, getting rid of the talent, because I don't think that you truly mean that they're going to be, like well let's let's go ahead and rip up his contract well right? no
1: no like wh- what I mean is uh you know at the very least not being on t v for four months five months that that's that's what I mean by getting rid of i, I don't <laughs> think that it's as extreme as like you know loser leaves town all right, Johnny, later yeah. thanks for everything you know what we your services are no longer needed, I don't think that's how it's gonna go at all um but I mean, the the best case scenario is that you know whoever loses the match, whether it be Champa or Johnny, uh, goes away for a little bit and then comes back for a big pop. Cool, yeah. like that's that's not worth it, in my opinion.
0: Okay, so so you're saying it's relatively low. I, I mean, I'm going to say it's still probably relatively low. I, I, I'm going to actually probably give it about thirty percent. So a little bit higher than yours. Because I, I'm at least going to make room for the possibility that, as as much as both Johnny and uh, Tommaso Ciampa have uh, an injury history, it is certainly possible that this could be a way of saying, okay, well, you know, Johnny needs to get X, Y, and Z fixed, you know, because I mean, he did have some some lingering injury issues. For most of twenty nineteen, and then Finn Balor spiked Johnny on his head, on the ramp, and that wasn't good.
1: That was that was super rough. Yeah, even like it, it's one of those moves where you saw it and you know it was bad. It you didn't know it was bad because they told you, right? It was like you saw it and you're like, ouch,
0: right? Um, at the same time, I mean, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, he, he had his neck problems. And it could be one of those things where it's like, hey, he needs to go and, you know, check back in with the doctor. Or he needs to just take a, a small break or, or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't see this ultimately being uh, – I, I think this is more or less something that he said to get people talking, perhaps. Right. I I, I am definitely more than willing to be in the wrong on this. But I think mm-hmm. it was just to get people talking. Um. It would be a draw, as as far as the match is concerned. It, that would definitely be a good draw, but at the same time, it's like, well, well what what happens with the NXT Championship? Right, like, like the next, I guess, logical person would be Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, mm-hmm. a match that we've technically already seen, and and, and I don't think that heel heel like what Champa, not Chompa, but heel heel like what Balor and Cole is, and kind of the build that I see happening. I don't see that as something that you would sell out NXT TakeOver Tampa being. Right. Um, more so, what I think would be the greater possibility is if you had uh, Ciampa versus Gargano versus Cole versus Balor and mm. a four-way for the NXT Championship. Interesting. I see that to be more of a clear-cut um, uh, offer, mm-hmm. a, cl- a clear-cut um option that they
1: could go with. Um but I mean, I mean that like definitely it. makes sense to me. Uh it, it would break the <coughs> break the track record that they've had for the last uh several several months where um you know and this isn't a bad thing. I'm not trying to, you know, say say that it is or not, uh but the NXT title is very often the not uh defended in a singles match, which is perfectly fine. I think that's how it should be. Um but if they do a four way match that that is kind of a cool way to break that that streak of of doing singles matches not that it's gotten boring or anything like that but that's exciting you know
0: right well and the and the flip side is and i think i've made a wish for this previously but you could also just as easily do um, the Volter versus adam cole unified title match i think that would be pretty exciting too Mm -hmm. Um, but it just all kind of depends on what you want out of uh, you know, take over, and you yeah. know how you how you want to resolve all of this.
1: I think the so. the unified. I think they've kind of missed their timing on the unified uh, title match. Personally, just because uh, I I wouldn't see Walter taking it off of Adam Cole, but I wouldn't see Adam Cole winning that match now. Mm-hmm. Where whereas like six months ago, when when UE was you know draped in gold and they're on top of the world i would think a unifying title match would make a lot more sense then as of now where i think we're kind of seeing the downslope of undisputed era you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's just me
0: oh fair enough uh, of course, we did post out on Twitter that we had a small uh, mailbag, and we actually got some good turnout for this one here. Yes. We, you know, this
1: mailbag, uh, this small mailbag is jam-packed. Right.
0: So, <laughs> so we, we post on Twitter to put your most unpopular opinions, your hottest takes, and your most burning questions in the comments, and that we would uh, just give you guys a shout-out with what we, uh, <laughs> I guess, would, uh, how we would answer the question. I, I guess that's probably the easiest way of putting it, right? Um so let's kind of get to these questions here. We'll open up the mailbag. All right. So mailbag question here from Anthony Talk Stuff at AA Talk Stuff on Twitter. Uh our our friend Anthony. He's he's such a such a good guy. He is. What's yeah. up man? What's going on Anthony? Um he says uh I know people like to make takes and yada yada but these uh but but all these quote who is the best heel tweets need to stop, he says. Mm. Jay White is the best heel in wrestling, and <laughs> and it's not close at all. Promobility and character combined with in ring ability, nobody's close. Okay, uh, Jay White, uh, okay. best heel in the business. Stephen,
1: uh, he's up there for sure. Uh, I do like Jay White. Uh, I do think he he really nails that that smarminess you know right uh just like i'm better than you look at how hard you're trying right now and and i do love that about jay white um let me also say zach saber jr come on he's nowhere in that in that conversation like i would say
0: zach is up there i would say adam cole is definitely up there too
1: Um, and to a degree, uh, I would say also MJF is up there. MJF is up there. I would also put Pac up there, personally. Mm. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of people in the conversation.
0: I would say Zack Sabre Jr. and Pack are, like, like secondary tier, like, just right below. Mm. But, like, the people who have, like, nuclear heat, like what Jay White has, like, like I would say, like, that would be, like, I, as far as nuclear... Heat I, I only probably MJF is close. Yeah. Right. Like they started a Jesus hates you chant. Yeah. <laughs> for at MJF.
1: Like Yeah. In yeah. Texas, of all places. So. Yeah, I know, I know. That's that's some real heat right there, it's for true. sure.
0: I mean, I I don't think Anthony's necessarily wrong here. I, I think that uh, Jay White as the best heel in wrestling is a very respectable opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because there there's definitely 100% an argument to be made for that. Mm. Uh, me personally, though, I would probably put Zack Saber Jr. or or an MJF yeah. uh, over that for me. Yeah, um, but. I mean, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Our friend Justin
0: Poxic, hello, at, at Poxic Justin on Twitter, asks if you could be a referee for any wrestling company, what would it be? Hmm. You know what? I'd probably go with Progress. Mm. I'd go with Progress Wrestling mm. because it seems like they all the referees themselves always have a lot of fun, and though it's not like the best thing ever for the referee to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like the little things that the referees do get to do when they are permitted to, uh, it, it is quite a lot of fun. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I, I could see that progress for sure. Uh, I, I would probably say, uh, NXT, for me, just because a lot of my favorite guys are in NXT, and uh, I could be kind of like the starstruck <laughs> ref, you yeah. know, seeing like, oh my god, I'm I'm refing Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole, like this is this right. is crazy. Well, um, well, like any company really has this merits because
0: like New yeah. ja- New Japan, you'd be like stuck in the middle of like some of the. Best wrestling on the planet, yeah. Like yeah. at all times, I'd get to meet Red Shoes. Yeah, you'd be you'd get to to work probably directly with Red Shoes uh-huh. all the time. Um, if you're in WWE, I mean, you could referee WrestleMania. Yeah, which that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Like they, there's there's really no wrong answer here. AEW, yeah. you'd be refereeing for like a new startup, something crazy. Yeah. See, the be only reason I
1: didn't say AEW is because I love AEW's refs already. And uh, I, I don't see myself coming in and making it better. You know what I mean? Um, that's fair. But, but yeah, pro- probably NXT, just because the, that's where uh, a lot of my guys are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, that's me... a great question. It is I like that. It's this. a fun question. Yeah. I like it.
0: Thank you, Justin. Um, Connor at Connor uh, with spelled with a K, K-O-N-O-R underscore 12 asks, if the rumors are true that WWE is close to a deal with ESPN Plus, will you still be willing to pay $60 for a pay-per-view and will you still keep the network? Mm. Huh. <laughs> this is an interesting question mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I I think that um I touched on this a couple weeks ago on the Independent show, right? Um, where I think the blueprint really is with how UFC struck their deal with ESPN+. Plus, Because if you look at that deal, they ESPN Plus will still run the free fight night shows that UFC does almost on a nearly uh, weekly basis. Mm. So I don't think it's going to be anything where, like, you know... <laughs> you know, stomping grounds is going to be like $60 and you have to buy stomping grounds. Right. Right. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. Um, I think that that's still something that the WWE network is going to be for. Um, I think, um, and, and, and look at UFC Uh, again, UFC had, um, fight pass, right. Mm -hmm. Um, where basically it's an archive for all of UFC's older shows, shows that are no longer available for purchase on pay-per-view, They've got stuff from Pride, from Pancras, whatever, right? Um, so I, I really do think that the UFC model is the one to probably look at this as the blueprint, Um WWE, how it would look for them, would probably be, in my mind, at least, it would still be a library archive. You'd still have original content, like the Broken Skull sessions and Mm -hmm. ride-alongs and whatever. Yeah. Maybe Ms. and Mrs. gets canceled and they put it on WWE Network. Maybe they archive the XFL games there. I don't know. Hey, that'd be cool. Um, I would still think that they would keep the TakeOvers on WWE network. I I would imagine that would still be the case. I can't see them. I I can't see ESPN believing that the takeovers would be
1: a hot enough commodity for that. Yeah. No, I think for me, it it just depends on, uh, (coughs) on what they're, what, like how they would want to do it. You know, if, if it's just the pay-per-views that that are on ESPN plus, but they're also still on the network, I I would probably just keep the network, you know, um, there, the network has a lot of extra things, too. Uh, like you said, the Broken Skull Sessions and all that. Um, the biggest thing for me would be some of the archiving that the network it has. You know, you can go back years and years and decades and, and watch shows, uh, which I think is one of the biggest draws for WWE Network. Um, so, I mean, me personally, I'd probably just keep the network. I don't have ESPN Plus right now. right? Probably wouldn't get it just for that either, um, you know. I already have the tool, all the tools I need to uh, to watch. So, well, and here's the
0: thing: is like you know the the most likely scenario, and this is again with the UFC model, when it's a big show, right? Like 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 an actual UFC pay per view, right? Like it's like sixty bucks, and you you get the pay per views directly through exclusively ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, I could see WWE doing that with the big four. You know, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. If WWE goes down that road, I think that's going to be the the, the more likely scenario. Perhaps I'm being hopeful, but again, I just don't see an event like, I don't know, Stomping Grounds, or Great Balls of Fire, or... (laughs) You know, Hell in a Cell or or TLC. I don't see those being shows that ESPN is going to jump all over and be like, "Oh yeah, we we got to have all this content." No, no, it's definitely the big four, like you said. Yeah, that's at least just in my view. Yeah, yeah, Um, but I think that there's still absolutely going to be every reason for you to um, keep WWE Network because I mean, I don't I don't see any reason why ESPN would feel obligated to archive all of WWE stuff. No. And WWE for that matter, it would be um it would be quite dumb of them if they were to cut off a revenue stream mm-hmm. that is practically l- either nothing to low cost to to run and operate. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you why would you cut off Paying, you know, or, or having customers pay nine ninety nine for libraryed content, mm-hmm. or for the ability to watch nxt, yeah, right.
1: Well, I think the big thing for that too is it, it's proven income, you know, right. It, and that's that, to my knowledge, that's a that's they make a good amount of money off of it, right? You know, so it with it being proven income, I, I don't think it's the <laughs> smartest decision to kind of take a chance and, and take some of that out of there when it, it's proven that people want this and will pay for it. Right. Well, and and like I said, I mean with with ESPN
0: Plus, I mean, it's it's only 4.99 to actually get ESPN Plus, but it's it basically you would just use ESPN Plus as a portal to get those big four shows. Mm-hmm. And they would probably be made available on WWE Network anyway, mm-hmm. sh- you know, probably in the near future after it's off of the pay-per-view cycle for ESPN, right? Mm-hmm you only would pay the $60 right then and there for ESPN plus if you were like us and you, you needed to watch it right then and there. Right. Right. Um, but yes, definitely a very thought provoking question, Connor. And Mm -hmm. I, I hope that we answered that to the the best of our abilities here. Yeah. Um, uh, our friend, uh, Damien over at the DBW podcast on Twitter at DBW podcast, uh, hot take here. Shayna Baszler is trash. Damn goodness uh, that is a uh, that's a
1: spicy take um i don't think she's trash i mean i don't i don't like her very much uh i'm definitely not a huge fan of her um she she's not trash necessarily
0: um i think she has a particular match that she's very very
1: good at see the my main problem with shayna is that she has one match like like one, one roadmap for a match. You know, it, it's just okay. Beat them down like crazy. Oh, they get some hope spots. Nope, submission tap, and that's my main problem with Shayna. Uh, I think she, I think she has good moves, uh, but in terms of telling a story in the ring, she tells the same one over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's very rudimentary. Yeah. But I do think that 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 does achieve her being a a pretty decent heel. And I think that she is just overall a decent heel. Um, Not that WWE is hurting for heels right (laughs) right now. But but that's another question for another day. Uh, uh,
1: But yes, a very spicy take there, Damien. Um, I, I don't necessarily 100% disagree with you, but I don't 100% agree with you either. I'm kind of uh, somewhere in the middle there.
0: Mm, uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Um, let me
0: see. Thank you for your comment, though. Yes, thank you for the hot take. Uh, Champions Advantage at Champions Pod. Here, here's here's a fun one for Steven. Okay. The hate for Brock is undeserved and nonsensical. He's probably one of the 15 wrestlers ever. And then, and then he... he Yes, he is one of fifteen wrestlers that I can think of, like of all time. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. He, he does. Uh, Champions' advantages go on to say correction: fifteen greatest. Yes, um, yeah, just, one just, of the just 15 <laughs> around here <at> greatest wrestlers
1: <laughs> of all time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Here's my question,
2: mm-hmm. it,
0: and, and look, ha- if you put Brock Lesnar in the top fifteen of all time on your own personal list. You need to watch some more wrestlers. I think that's respectable. I think it's respectable for somebody to say yes, he's in the top fifteen of all time. Okay. Um, My question is: top fifteen of all time, greatest at what exactly? Right. Right. Like that. That's that's my question here. Because because if I I could think of fifteen wrestlers, probably more, that are better work rate wise than Brock Lesnar, right? However, as somebody who is very smart on the business side of wrestling and being able to make himself a a draw, how he was able to bring legitimacy, quote unquote, to back to WWE after his UFC tenure, um, if, you know, however which way we want to look at it, Uh, you know, being a, being a quote unquote businessman and, 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 you know, uh, being able to make millions and millions of dollars from Vince McMahon for doing very select appearances, then yeah. I mean, I would say he's up there with the Hogan's and the, you know, and, and and some of these other figures as part as being able to pull the strings of the business and to kind of get his way of things. Right. Mm -hmm. But with that, uh, being said i don't feel like he is the most um he's not he's certainly not the most exciting person to watch on the ring and he's not the most di- he doesn't have the most diverse skill set mm-hmm. um i think he he used to do certainly substantially more than what he does now mm-hmm. especially if you go back you know 10 almost 20 years ago yeah he was doing a lot more as a rookie than what he he's doing now right right Right. And that happens, but you know with with time you get a little bit older, but Yeah.
1: See, um, and I'm glad you brought up that point, you know, the <coughs> top 15 greatest of all time in what? You know. Uh it, it's really what what kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's very
0: subjective.
1: It is very subjective. You know, what what criteria are, are you yes. going for here? Um everyone knows my opinion on Brock Lesnar. I I don't want to yeah. bury the guy or anything uh he he obviously does have in ring ability he obviously is a draw and that, and that's yeah. why they keep uh you know bringing him back um yeah I, I mean, don't I don't hate Brock Lesnar I, I'm I play it up all the time just because I think it's funny yeah you know I don't hate Brock Lesnar I, I think he's a fine wrestler uh my my problem with Brock Lesnar is that he gets the title put on him over all of the crazy talent that's in the roster and defends it once every three months. That's my problem with Brock Lesnar. Right. right. I don't, I don't and, think he's terrible. I don't think he's like purposefully trying to come into WWE and and hold this title hostage. This man's making his money, dude, and, and right. I get that. I just and I, and I don't
0: think that there's any doubt about that, right? I mean, I think that's that's the root of the sentiment about Brock Lesnar is the fact that. Time and time again, you have the choice of building somebody else up and moving past the um, the ruthless aggression era, right? Uh, you, you have these opportunities to make big stars uh, and use the title to, to, to do so many more things. But time and time again, you feed guys to Brock Lesnar in the hope that by the time that somebody beats Brock, that it's going to make them just as big, if not bigger. Yeah. And look at Roman Reigns. And, right. You know, I mean, and maybe I'm saying this prematurely, but, but I mean, is there any guarantee that Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar is going to make Drew McIntyre just as big of a star as Brock Lesnar?
1: No. It's not guaranteed. No. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, and I'm, and maybe that's harsh, but I think that that's a reality that us as fans need to uh, <laughs> you know come to grips with. Yeah, right. Um, so I, so I think that's where a lot of the Brock hate comes from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and like whether you feel that's undeserved or nonsensical, I mean, that's that's certainly your prerogative. And right, if you want to put him on your fifteen best of all time list, that's that's great. Exactly. Um, that, you know, that's I, I can respect that opinion.
1: That's what I was going for. Is like. Man, if he's in your top fifteen, great, man. Like I'm really, I'm glad that you're a fan of him. I'm glad that you know uh, you get the matches you want out of him and and everything like that. That's great. Yeah, Uh, he's just he's not really my cup of tea, and uh, he's he's got at least a good mind
0: for how to make money in the business that he's in. Yeah, I think that's where. That's where I think that he might be amongst the fifteen greatest of all time in this business.
1: See, my my criteria for, for greatest all, of all time or or whatever is uh you know work rate um, and, and just overall like interactivity with the business itself mm-hmm. and, and the shows that go on and the storylines and the matches that go on. Mm-hmm. Less so much the back end stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess we just we just have different criteria. And that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. So there's
0: another question here uh, from SCW Wrestling Channel on Twitter at SCW underscore Steve. Uh, they ask, what are your thoughts on the fuzzy picture we have kept getting on SmackDown uh, the last couple weeks? This came up on uh, on Mandy Rose uh, backstage segment this past week uh, on Friday. What do you think this uh, who do you think this will be unveiled to be um that that is behind this so the, this image here um it looks like um it looks very technological it looks like a, like some kind of like um like uh, i don't know like computer board of some kind here yeah. um so like a circle with lights um i'm probably describing this very poorly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you can see you can actually see the image here that uh, scw wrestling is um uh, posting on here on this uh, official mailbag thread mm-hmm. um i don't know uh um, christian that's not uh, that's not the worst idea mm. um you know chris jericho <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, uh, that'd be crazy. <laughs> in all seriousness, this this screams Mustafa Ali for me. Oh, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Just because, I mean, that's kind of his whole thing is like mm-hmm. being the light. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think that would make a lot of sense for me. I, I think they're going to reintroduce Mustafa Ali in I could see some that. kind of way, yeah. shape, or form.
1: I mean, I don't know how big this is. I, I don't know how big they're trying to push this. Uh, I will say... And th- like, I'm not in any way predicting this, but the first person I thought of when I saw that was Christian. So, mm-hmm. I mean, th- I'm not trying to predict that. I haven't heard anything saying that he's coming back. I'm just saying, you know, that's what made, that's what it made me think about. Interesting. All righty. Well, cool. I hope that this, uh, this helps
0: a little bit. We'll, we'll find out whether or not it happens.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, Mustafa Ali makes sense though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, let me see here. Okay, Fabe
0: on uh, Fight. A great name. <laughs> uh, at Fabe on Twitter asks, or, or rather says, uh, never cared for the Ultimate Warrior, nothing against him, was just never impressed. Mm. Um, I would agree with that, actually. I'm not the biggest fan of the Ultimate Warrior either. I don't really see anything in him, per se. I think that he is like a forerunner for maybe somebody like a Goldberg mm. or a Brock Lesnar, for that matter. He does his his couple of power moves, and you know that's it. He takes his paycheck. you know, you know uh, yes, he's a legend in WWE circles nowadays, um, and he was he was somewhat canonized after his um, Hall of Fame induction. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that um, kind of like how when maybe a, a musician or an actor or an actress passes away uh just because you have those those feelings about them it doesn't make what they necessarily did in the past okay i think right uh ultimate warrior for better or worse has somewhat of a checkered past and um i mean you can do your own research that's just how i feel i was never the biggest fan of ultimate warrior personally
1: Yeah, um, I was never the biggest (laughs) fan personally, um, my dad, however, was, was a very, very huge fan of Ultimate Warrior, um, showed me a lot of, uh, older clips of him as I was growing up, uh, so I was familiar with, at least his in-ring stuff, um, for a long while. Uh, me personally, I don't really know about his past, I, I never really looked, looked into it too much, uh, unfortunately, if you look back in, in some of the, uh, older generations past. There's some there's some shaky stuff there, for sure, uh, with with a, a lot of people, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like Ultimate Warrior for nostalgia reasons, uh, just because it, it reminds me of, of a time where my dad and I would, would sit down uh, every Monday and, and watch Raw, um, and j- just when I was a kid, uh, watching wrestling with him, uh, him showing me the the stuff that he was into when I was his age or when he was my age, um, so it, it brings me back to a different time, nostalgia wise. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I could take him or leave him. He he, he was never the biggest thing for me. Right on, man. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Your name here
0: at Claw Claw Bright asks. Uh, Is that a Care Bear? Um, it's a good question. Let me let me take a look here. <laughs> claw, claw, bright. Claw, claw, bright. I, c- I can't really tell from the profile picture, unfortunately. But uh, enough. It's, it is an intriguing question. Uh, what is your opinion on obvious rip off wrestling names like VKM, uh, VK Wall Street, Vincent Kennedy? Mm. Wall Street. Remember when we watched Sold Out? Remember yeah. how much you hated that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I do. I do that remember fun. that. Uh Shark Vincent. So so I guess are, are do you do you like names that are rip-offs or like inside jokes inside of uh the wrestling business? It's not something that you see necessarily as much anymore. Yeah.
1: Um I mean, yeah. I I guess it, it's not it's not one of the things that I'm like, oh, I can't stand it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I've never really uh, had that happen a lot or or be around for, for storylines where that was a thing. Um, or they're
0: just there being a character whose name is a rip-off or an inside joke as to something else. I, I, I don't think that in your time you've ever... Experienced anything yeah. like
1: that? I mean, at the very least, it's funny. Um, I I don't personally I think have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the what I would have a bigger problem with is is the shortening of the names like Murphy. Yeah. Or Ali. I hate that. Or Andrade. Yeah. I I think that that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But if if it's like oh huh, that's an inside joke and I know like is an inside joke. Yeah, it makes me feel just a little bit smarter. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It, it can be funny. You yeah. know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I, I do agree with that though. The shorter shortening of the names that is hella annoying. Yes, but that's not your question. So,
0: <laughs> it's, uh, let's see here. Get Show Wrestling Podcast. Our, our buddies over at the Get Show Podcast. Uh, I, I would actually like to have the the, the fellows over at Get Show on the show sometime. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, guys, if you're out there
1: i mean they're obviously out there they tweeted out this is this is this is <laughs> this
0: is your open invitation yes uh get cho he, got, they've got two of them for us okay uh j b l was one of the best heels ever okay yeah you, you think you think he's one of the best heels ever uh no
1: but okay i mean He's not a bad heel. I, I was just saying, okay, cool. Like that's Oh, okay. I, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I I would say for his time and his generation, I would say he is certainly a, a top top heel. Yeah. Um best heels ever.
1: Oh. Now let, let me just say this right off the tough. bat. Um I saw the absolute tail end of JBL's wrestling career when I started watching wrestling. Uh, he was pretty much already a commentator at this point, so uh, yeah, yeah. take my opinion with a grain of salt. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
0: I mean, the origins of of JBL. If you, if you're not in the know, he um, basically Vince concocted this idea of like a Wall Street kind of like uh, profiteer, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Basically himself. Yeah. Basic Vince basically made a character about about Vince McMahon um and he thought that a like an ultra rich person who comes out to the ring in a limousine uh would would actually be uh, something that the crowd would would enjoy seeing you know on the the, the uh, <laughs> just like the you know right right before there was the the recession, the great recession uh, but of course this is clearly not the uh, not the case. the JBL turned out to be a huge heel and uh, I think for his time yeah I, I can't think of too many heels beyond triple H himself. That were as big as JBL was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say for for their time, probably yeah. JBL, Triple H, possibly even Edge. I would say Edge is up there too, I love Edge. Yeah. Uh, as far as being uh, top heels for that that
1: generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, JBL was the last. Uh, and crucify me if I am wrong, because how dare I get this wrong? Yeah. If I am, uh, let but me get, he let me was get the, the last. Real quick, he was the last champion, uh, WWE champion, with the old belt. Correct. No. No? No. Who was? Am I, am I, Am I? like, very, very wrong here? With the
0: old, old belt? Yeah, like, uh... I mean, I would probably say it's... No, I, I Cena definitely had it. Because Cena beat JBL for that title. Well, yeah, I know, but, like...
1: But then he changed the belt shortly after that. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I think I've seen that belt around. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I just I haven't done enough research on that specifically for for okay. this portion of the okay. show, unfortunately, okay. Stephen. Uh, but the but Get Cho uh, podcast does have a burning question for us. Oh yes, this this one's this one's quite fun. Um, according to this article, and I have pulled it up here, one of every three Japanese men sit down to pee when going to the bathroom. Of all the Japanese wrestlers out there, who do you think sits down to pee, Steven? And here's the article to support this here. This is from uh, Soranews24.com Uh... <laughs> The, the article, yeah, nearly one in three Japanese men in survey prefer to sit down when taking a pee. Uh, why stand when you can sit? I got one already. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, Thanks to such features as behind-rinsing bidets, heated seats, and even speakers that emit the sounds of birds chirping or a babbling brook to overcome any actual defecation-derived noises, Japanese toilets are a wonderful place to be seated when you have to take a dump. But what about when you have to pee? Japanese internet portal uh, Shirabi uh, recently polled 300 men between the ages of 20 to 69. Wait, their sample size is 300? Ah, uh, I mean... It's a terrible survey. Asking, uh, whether they stand or sit to make a liquid-based bathroom trip. In total,
1: uh, <laughs> That's the best thing, a liquid-based bathroom trip.
0: Aren't all bathroom trips liquid-based to a degree? Yes. Well, there's
1: liquid in the toilet, so yes. Uh, well, all right,
0: we'll, we'll move on. In total, 29.3% said the that fuck? they take <laughs> a seat when uh, taking a pee. Um, so... What is this podcast? What What have we... Uh, we're, 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 where are we right now? Uh, let, me, let me break down these stats for you here, Stephen. Oh, shit. The okay. biggest advocates of sitting down when peeing were men in their 30s, okay. with 41.5% of them uh, doing so. Next, next came men in their 20s at 35.4%, and a noticeable dip occurred with older men, I guess they prefer to stand, uh, between Harder the eight,
1: to get up. Uh... Yes,
0: I would actually. That makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just to preface, I don't think that uh, Get Cho Podcast or us here in this case, that we are saying that this means anything at all. No. Right? This, no. this has no uh, point of view about. Um, anything culturally or anything, no. uh, because I think that this probably actually spans all cultures and races, yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: correlation is not causation,
0: exactly. Yes, and, and, and uh, to name wrestlers here that would prefer to sit down while peeing, um, I That's don't see a Naito. Because his knees are fucked. Well, but with that same kind of instance here, uh, with what you just said about the older men, right? Mm-hmm. If he sat down to pee, I mean, wouldn't it make it that much harder to get back up because of his knees?
1: But have you seen Naito's biceps? He can he can push himself. You think he up, could lift but... himself out? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I mean, see, that's I think fair. with I think with the older <laughs> generation. See, like Naito, his knees are messed up, but with the older <laughs> right. generation their body's shutting down, you know, like multiple parts of their body are not what they used to be, you know? So you can't rely on your knees, can't rely on your shoulders. You can't rely on your back to get you out of there. Like I I can understand them, them needing to stand up to pee.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And hopefully he, I mean,
0: hopefully he slows down enough to a point where he won't have to make a habit of sitting down to pee.
1: Right. I mean, I I certainly hope Uh, so. Yeah. uh, now that said, you know I've he gotta, could just strap his two belts onto like onto <laughs> like, like the, to, the, to, the, to, the towel holders to, and to, just, to, like
0: gymnast lift himself. Up. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I, I think for other people, um, you know, this might be blasphemous to a degree, but uh, um, you know, Tanahashi, yeah, I think Tanahashi might sit down to pee, if only for Why? one simple reason, yeah, to to get some more air guitar practice in. <laughs> Right, it's yeah. a good place to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe he can sit down and tune the, the air guitar. I mean, that typically makes things easier. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the the one that really jumps out to me is Tai Chi. Right? I think Tai Chi absolutely sits down to pee, and that's not because I hate him, but because I think that he thinks it would be cool to sit down to pee. <laughs> But yeah, that's my two cents on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going Naito for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh yeah. Uh shout out to Japanese toilets cuz yeah, the, this all sounds very cool. Yeah. Bidets, heated seats. You ever used a bidet? Speakers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. They're, they're nice. I like them. Uh yeah. Um they're nice. Yeah. Very uncomfortable for the first few times. I, it, it's uh, just not it's not a sensation that you're used to at all, you know. Well. Um, definitely, definitely gets you more clean for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, to each his own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what kind of mailbag would be complete without our good buddy, Mike Charlop, at MikeJC821 on Twitter. What is up, Mike? Uh, yeah, what is what's going on, Mike? Uh, Mike uh, Mike is a uh, he's a blogger. He's got an excellent blog that he just posted up. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely recommend checking out his page and uh, the links to the blog. Yes, for sure. Longtime friend of the show, Mike. Yes. Uh, if the rumored WrestleMania card is real, why would WWE waste a Cena match at Mania against Elias when Velveteen Dream is sitting right there? Mmm. Mm. This is a valid question. Um, I don't think that they're gonna actually go through with the Elias John Cena match. At least, not what I've heard. That was the uh, at that was the initially proposed match, but that really doesn't make any sense. Um. I don't think that we really know truly what the WrestleMania card is going to be. And to be completely honest, I can't believe I'm saying this. WrestleMania very well could be a 20-match card over the course of 12 hours this year. Mm -hmm. Because of the way that they have things set up here, I mean, look, it's, it's like the proposed matches that are already being floated out there. Like you don't even have Seth Rollins on the card at this point. You don't have a match for Daniel Bryan. You're talking about doing things with maybe The Rock, you know, maybe The Rock and Roman Reigns have a match. I, that's that's something that's been floated out there, right? You brought back Goldberg for some reason, right? I mean, maybe he has something to do with this. Braun Strowman doesn't have a proposed match at WrestleMania yet. Uh, I mean, I think that we're in for a very, very long WrestleMania weekend this year, Stephen. Yeah.
1: I mean that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Definitely doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Um, I think based off of Velveteen Dream's recent um,
0: feud with Roderick Strong, somehow he's the babyface even though he's torturing Roderick Strong and his family. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. That's one. That's one major drawback that I've had with um, NXT in recent weeks. Star power. <sighs> yeah. But at the same time, if you brought Velveteen Dream up and feuded with John Cena, I think that would be pretty interesting.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if you're asking me what match I would rather see, John <laughs> Cena versus Elias or John Cena versus Velveteen, I mean, Velveteen wins hands down, a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. Um, I mean, as to why do they waste that match instead of Velveteen? That's anyone's guess, you know. Um, I don't really know. I I hate Elias. Uh, I, <laughs> like oh, I, I have I do not like him at all. Um I, I think he, he bogs down any part of the show that he's on. I, I do not like him at all. Wow. Um I mean sorry. It's nothing against him as a person. I don't know him as a person. I just I just think his his character and the things that he does is annoying and, and not it doesn't add to the show in any way. Mm-hmm. Um so him going against John Cena, one of my favorites of all time. I'd just be like, okay, sweet, this is going to suck. But um, I don't know. What do you want me to say? I don't know.
0: Mike also asks, is it safe to say Cesaro will only ever get anything when Vince is no longer with us? Yikes! It depends on what you, I guess, what you're talking about as far as anything, right? Like he, like he had runs with the tag team championship. Let's not forget with mm-hmm. the bar, right? And he's had he's had other runs with like Tyson Kidd. If you're talking about like a major singles run, like with a prominent like a, like a WWE championship or a Universal title, yeah, I mean it's definitely possible that we we might not see Cesaro. Uh, Possibly ever get a singles title run with a major championship like that. I mean, they certainly haven't given us any reason to think that, right? Right. I mean, and who knows? Maybe, maybe when Vince is is no longer uh, around, uh, perhaps it is possible that maybe a triple, more of a Triple H run company would put more faith in somebody like Cesaro Mm -hmm. than than what Vince has. I just don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean like like it seems like that window is closing more and more as time goes on.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he's not getting any younger, you know, Uh, not that that's, you know, a huge thing or whatever. Um, Goldberg's going for the title. So, I mean, it's just, they, they haven't given us any reason to think that he would ever be given a singles run. Um, He, he's kind of just the guy that they, that they bring out to uh, crush a guy or, or put a guy over and and that's really just his main, like that's his whole responsibility at this point. Um, And I think he's kind of like a gatekeeper. Exactly. And and I think Vince values his position in the company as that (laughs) much more uh, than he would value him as a a singles competitor. When you have, you know, there's, we can't forget. There's a lot of people on on that roster, you know, and, and, um, not to say any of them deserve the title over Cesaro, because I definitely think Cesaro would have a fantastic run, me personally. Big fan of Cesaro. Um, I just think that his current position right now is uh, is exactly where they want him to be. So Fair
0: enough. Um, And then Mike's got one last uh, question here. If WWE goes through with putting their pay-per-views on ESPN Plus, for example, so Mm -hmm. kind of going back to to this subject, Mm -hmm. is WWE Network going to turn into a Disney Plus situation where there's nothing new on there worth caring about and millions of people will cancel their memberships?
1: Uh, It just depends on... What you care about, really? You know, uh, if they do end up going through with that, with the pay per views, uh, WWE Network's going to have a lot of things like broken skull sessions, the uh, the twenty four series that they do. Right? Um, They'll they'll have a lot of that kind of stuff. So if you're if you're a big big fan and really like everything WWE does, all the the uh, the backstage stuff, the documentaries, the podcasts, then WWE Network is going to be for you. Uh, If you are a casual fan that just watches pay per views. Maybe not. Maybe that's yeah. not for you. Well,
0: I mean, and and again, it kind of all goes back to this, where we really don't know what this is going to look like until it actually happens, right? Right. Like, again, i I have the most sincere of reservations that ESPN is going to look at Hell in a Cell or TLC or Money in the Bank and be like, "Wait, we gotta have it," right? Right. I don't. I don't see that being the case. I think they're they're going to see where ESPN or NBC, for that matter, with the, with the, the new Peacock um, uh, station, over-the-top streaming station, uh, or any one of these other ones that they've been in negotiations with, where, where companies like that will see dollar signs is with shows like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and if WWE can repair the image of Survivor Series a bit more, I think they're going to see the dollars and cents there, too. Um, with that said... Um, again, you would, you're going to have people that are probably going to cancel their memberships because they're not going to have those around, you know, the the fans that will only be subscribing to WWE Network for shows like SummerSlam and WrestleMania and that kind of thing. Those people are going to drop off for sure. But if you want to keep the WWE network around, because you do enjoy having that, the archived content from back in the day, or if you do enjoy, you know, those little, you know, mini shows like the, you know, uh, ride along or whatever, like we talked about, or the documentary kind of stuff like they do with 24 or the new ruthless aggression documentary. Like they had, I need to check that out. It looks really good. It it looks decent. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to see it myself yet. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's, some, there's, there's something to be said about that. I mean, again, also about NXT. Is NXT a hot enough property for ESPN or NBC to be like, gotta have it, right? Mm. I don't know. Personally, I don't think so. I think it would be great for WWE's business, and I think it would be great for NXT as a brand to, to feel that big. But I don't think that they are... That large right now, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that's the first thing or or one of the first things on the agenda of an ESPN or an NBC to to you know to get the content to have a paid takeover show, mm-hmm. right? So I, I i don't I don't see WWE Network really going anywhere at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether that means <laughs> uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Whether that means um, you know what. What form the network is taking going forward, uh, I think is kind of up in the air. But in terms of like, is the network going away if if this deal happens? No, it's definitely going to be there. There's definitely going to be a market for those types of shows. But whether that means NXT is still there, whether that means the the big four pay per views are still there, um, right? You know, that's kind of up in the air. But if if it's staying or going. It's definitely going to be staying. Right. And,
0: and and again, this kind of go, also goes back to why cut your nose to spite your face, right? Like, why would WWE, you know, cut off something that literally costs very, very little to run and operate with the WWE Network, where there will still be people who subscribe to it and pay into it? I mean, I think that it's going to take a while after any deal is done for WWE to determine... Okay, yes, WWE network is worth keeping around because we have X number of su- subscribers which make it profitable. Right? Right, right. That's what it is ultimately at the end of the day is this is a for-profit company. They are all about making money, right? First and foremost. It's it's not it's not about our entertainment as much as they want you to believe it is yeah. it's it's about how much money can they make right and if if they have investors and stockholders that say you know what getting rid of ww network would be a bad idea because then you're going to lose a revenue stream they're going to keep it around right i think
1: it's as simple as that or vice versa it, if uh you know if they have shareholders that are like hey it's not making enough money anymore yeah. it's costing us too much money then yeah it'll go away yeah. it, it just it all
0: depends. Yep, exactly. It, not, I think that's absolutely spot on. Well, we, we've definitely covered the gamut on these uh, mailbag questions. We will try not to keep you around for too much long because we've spoken at length for quite a while uh, <laughs> about this. Um, so let's, let's start winding on the show here, Stephen. Let's go to, of course, our closing segment. If Wishes Were Fishes. It's underwater. Of course, if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or indeed if you've been with us since the very beginning, mm, thank you for tuning back in. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, if Wishes Were Fishes is a fun game that we play here at the end of the show where we each take turns making wrestling-related wishes, and the other grades them. Yes. In terms of fishes. Yes. <laughs> it's quite a fun game um <laughs> so uh steven uh I, I think you were you were trying to gather some wishes right before we went on air were you able mm-hmm. to get your get your wish
1: yeah yeah i got some oh okay cool uh they're they're both aw related um, oh okay I, I think that's perfectly fine i know we've had a, a very uh, wwe heavy show today but um <coughs> let, let us not forget there are many promotions <laughs> nowadays um but for my first wish just a real quick wish um ww 2K20 was a hot dumpster fire of a game. Uh, It was garbage, garbage, garbage. Um, And that 100% stems from uh, 2K uh, Interactive, I think is the actual name of the company. Um, Just not really caring about that product anymore. And that's been very apparent for the last I'd say close to five years at this point. Uh, the The last really good game was Two K fourteen, in my opinion, Uh, and then they've all just been uh, the same game, just less every year. We we've gotten things slashed away from the game. Uh, We no longer have like an actual career mode anymore. It's all just like my universe stuff, which is bullshit. Um, And and then you have the hot dumpster fire that was Two K twenty, which is literally unplayable. But, it's just an unplayable game. But Steven,
0: what about the rumored Vince McMahon mode coming next year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd be down. I'd be down. I mean, see, here's the problem. I, I, I you know, I shit on this game all the time and, and I shit on the this franchise all the time, but I buy every single one because I'm a schmuck. Um, but yeah, the last one <laughs> was, was awful, awful, awful. Um, so... Oh, goodness. If Wishes Were Fishes, let me get a badass AEW game launching for PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5 is coming this November. It, it is hot on the heels. It is ready to go. Uh, I'm assuming they have finalized uh, you know, production costs and, and what's actually going in the system. They've probably already started making them, right? Um, so let's have AEW continue this whole multimedia thing they've been doing, there's a new podcast coming out uh, for AEW, there's a new toy line coming out, and they're they're starting to kind of branch out into some of the other stuff that WWE does, why not make a video game? Well, I think that's a great wish. And I don't think that it's any
0: secret that Kenny Omega has been a driving force in trying to make a, an AEW video game happen. Yes. Yes. Um, It would be very interesting to see how exactly they do it, what the layout is, you know, is it going to be a story mode kind of thing,
1: what this exactly looks like, right? See, I would love to have Um, like a rookie to dynamite mode where you you start out in the indies and and just kind of work your way up.
0: Now, now I'm not a huge video game guy. Like, the last video game that I was truly enthralled by was uh, Red Dead 2. Great game. It was a wonderful Phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Before that, it was probably GTA 5. Also a great game. Yeah. Um, this but, guy's a rock star fan. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I am generally enthralled by the FIFA games. And like you said, I buy it every year because I'm a schmuck. Yep. I like the squad changes. Bless you. I like my Liverpool Reds. Yes. Um. So I got I got to play it every Mm -hmm. year. Um. In fact, I I spent the extra money this year to get the um uh, the Champions League edition because it had uh, Virgil Van Dyke on the uh, on Uh, the cover. Yes. Uh. uh, Liverpool. uh, Colossus. (laughs) <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome defender. Um, anyway, this is not a uh, a football podcast. Um, yeah, I, I love that concept, and because Kenny Omega is the driving force behind this um, <laughs> this game,
1: I'm going to give you six star fish. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's Stephen. beautiful. Yeah. See, and that, that's another reason why I think the game could be so good too, is because Kenny like he is a gamer. He he's not a guy that plays games sometimes. Like he is through and through a gaming fan. And I don't see Kenny allowing a subpar product to be put out. So so that I I have all the faith in the world that that game would be very very good. Right. So that's just my two cents. But thank you
0: for the fish. You're welcome. Uh, for my first wish If Wishes Were Fishes, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very close to the beginning of the show. Um, You were a bit confused as to why I would want Goldberg to beat The Fiend at um, Super Showdown. Mm -hmm. Let me explain. Okay. If Goldberg goes to WrestleMania with the title and faces Roman Reigns and Roman wins, what I would wish for, if Wishes Were Fishes, is that Roman Reigns comes out on the next night and he turns heel on Raw or SmackDown. Mm. He says, he cuts a promo, hey, I've beaten all uh, uh, of your favorites, all of your heroes. I've, uh, you know, Triple H, Goldberg, Undertaker, there's nobody in this company who, who can touch me. And we finally get the fabled Roman Reigns heel turn. And we, he, he becomes increasingly more and more heelish over the course of a year. And we we set up many stars along the way to, to to challenge for Roman Reigns. Ultimately crowning somebody a new mega champion at, at, at WrestleMania 37 in Los Angeles.
1: Mm, I like that. I like it a lot, actually. Um, I think one of my biggest things with Roman is that they're just trying to push him as this person that everyone loves. When, in all actuality, I don't. And and I think that's one of my biggest problems with Roman is, is he doesn't, and this isn't necessarily Roman's fault. You know, I'm assuming a lot of this comes from the character direction that he's given and things like that. But Roman just comes off uh, to me as someone who just comes out and and is like, hey, look, it's me. You know what I mean? And like, right. As if it's
0: the big dog. Yeah.
1: As if that's enough. Yeah. You know, like, hey, look, I showed up and and that comes. And that kind of thing really rubs me the wrong way. But if he comes out and is like, hey, I murdered everybody. Like No one can stand up to me. And and he continues on that route. I think that could go a long way with really 180-ing his character and bringing some of the fans like myself back into the fold with Roman. Um, I I think a drastic heel turn uh, would be a fantastic idea. I mean, if you look at his heel work in NXT it's it's
0: vastly different than this shield kind of character that we get with Roman Reigns nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if that was improved upon and expanded upon, I don't see any problem with Roman Reigns being a heel.
1: Yeah. Personally. No, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I'm going to give you four black eels for that. Hopefully he's a he's a slimy, smarmy <laughs> heel. I like it. I, I like that. Mm. I like that. Thank you for the fish, Steven. You're welcome. You're welcome. And now for mine... Or my next wish, it's just kind of a little nitpicky, um, and I know some people are going to disagree with me on this, but it's just a small thing. Um, I really want a new dynamite venue, man. Um, the whole two entrance thing. Um, I, I know when we first talked about it, we were like, "Oh, this could be kind of cool. Maybe they'll have like a face entrance, heel entrance. Uh, you know, let's see what they do with it." Um, spoiler alert: They did nothing with it. It, it really, honestly, makes no sense. Um, I, I don't really get why they even did it at all. Um, And then you have Cody completely breaking the mold and coming up through the floor instead of one of the two entrances. Yeah, with this weird kind of like pre-intro music. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. yeah, and then you have Moxley entering through the crowd. I uh, think that's cool. No, so do I. I'm not saying that that's dumb. I'm just saying that the whole, you know, there there's technically three entrances that you can come up through you you have the floor entrance that Cody does and then you have the two entrances on either side of the state or on either side of the ramp and then you got moxley coming through the thing so it it's just dumb uh, I wish they would do something with it but it's becoming apparent that it looks like they're not going to so if we can just make it a little bit more I, I don't know like just have one entrance, man. Just have one entrance. You can make your stages look a little bit better, I think, too, because right now they're they're just doing the same thing over and over again. And uh, yeah, I mean, a new a new venue to to just keep it fresh. We're in 2020 now. We're we're getting a new pay per view revolution. Um, let let's let's change it
0: up a little bit. Yeah, no, I I could see that for sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think a change of pace would be cool, um, though, I mean, if you look at WWE's stage sets, it takes them years and years and years to change stage sets. Yeah. But I could certainly see, and I think we talked about this at the start of AEW, something that they may want to consider doing is maybe just, like, having one um, one entrance or, or, you know, come out of somewhere. Mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i I could certainly
1: see the merits to that for sure yeah um even if they like uh they keep the same layout they have now but take off one of the entrances and extend the stage out that way and then kind of have the jumbotron off to the side uh with with the one entrance coming from the side instead of the middle like what wwe does i think that'd be cool you know it doesn't have to be a big change it's just i was I was confused when they when we first saw the the double entrance ramp and uh intrigued to see what they did with it, but now I realize they're not doing anything with it, so it kind of doesn't make sense. And that that's just my two cents, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I know it's super nitpicky and like it it doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't matter. It's just like Yes. It, it just kind of
0: irks me, you know? Yes. Uh, f- for this, I think there's no other more appropriate fish than, than four trigger fish, because, <laughs> you know, uh, I, th- yeah. I, th- I, th- I think I think maybe the r- the entrance has, has triggered some people, and perhaps your suggestion to change the entrance will trigger even more people, Stephen. I you don't, don't know.
1: know. Let's see. We'll
0: see. Thank <laughs> um, <laughs> you. You're welcome. Uh, for my, my last wish, um, if wishes were fishes... Um, I, I got to show some love to New Japan this week. Oh, uh, yes, they changed the tag team titles. There was a tag team title change. Uh, your new champions are Kota Ibushi and uh, yeah, Tanahashi.
1: Yeah, good good stuff, man. This is, yeah. So this is yeah, it's, no, I mean, like that's that's uh that's a crazy amount of talent in, in one uh one tag team there. You know. Yes, I, I would say so. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah, I mean. Uh, it's it's a team that I mean would I have seen that happen previously eh, probably not, um, but uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and and, and Kotoobushi they seem like a, like a pretty decent team and it keeps them relevant. Uh, but yeah. I guess the the overarching thing is if wishes were fishes I want there to be now. I mean I'm 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 done with seeing the gorillas of destiny kind of. Just being the mainstays around the tag team titles, let's yeah. you know uh, put them in the backseat for now. Um, but I want to see like some super tag matches, like 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 some really big ones, like like Zack Saber Junior. and Minoru Suzuki challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi and and uh, Kota Ibushi, or even this. Um, think of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada for the tag team titles. <sighs> man yeah that'd be dope so yeah if whisper fishes that's what i want to see i want to see i want to see the tag team championships be made prominent by super teams
1: yeah yeah in new japan hey i mean there's definitely something to be said about super teams it seems like a lot of people are doing it right now you have the broserweights in nxt with uh pete dunn matt riddle you have kenny omega hangman adam page uh in aew right now also holding the titles as a super team um so i mean there's definitely something to be said about super teams and uh Obviously, like you said, I I personally wouldn't see Tanahashi and Ibushi just like smacked together in a tag team, uh, but it works. So I mean, I'm down. I'm down. And plus, with with New Japan, they just have so many great guys, so many great and and so many great singles competitors too. And so, if you wanted to just have like a super team run in the tag division, like that'd be dope. Oh yeah, I'd be down. Yeah. yeah. Those would, be, those would be excellent
0: matches. Yeah.
1: Yes. Four killer whales. Oh, dang. For a killer, killer wish.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about wrapped up here. But uh, just like what we've been doing since we've uh, started the year here, we've got album of the week. Yes. Album of the week. Um, for this one, uh, we're taking a trip down under. Uh. If, if you listen really closely here, that's the sound of Josh Robinson telling everybody in Australia to unsubscribe. from Headlock <laughs> Talk. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, um, uh, Tame Impala, or they're dropping their, their new album. Uh, I, or rather they, they did just drop their, their new album. Um, let me see here. I, I've actually got it on pre-order for, for vinyl. Uh, the, the slow rush is what it's called. Beautiful. Um, while I don't have it in the mail just yet, uh, I actually want to kind of take us back to their to Tame Impala's very first album, Inner Speaker, which is just a uh, a masterclass in psychedelic rock. Um, very experimental. I think that Tame Impala is one of, uh, I think, a handful of rock bands that are keeping the genre on the up and up in the mainstream. But of course, I mean, they they were at this time here still very much an underground kind of sensation. So. I uh, definitely recommend checking out Inner Speaker, as well as Tame and Paula's other work. Uh, we'll probably talk about Tame and Paula and maybe a couple other Australian bands here in the near future, Stephen. Mm. I've got mm. I've got a feeling one right. one of my another one of my favorite bands is also in Australia right now. So I see, I mm. see, we'll, we'll maybe have to talk about them.
1: I'm down. Mm. Yes.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, we got to get out of here because we've we've had a very long show today. <laughs> um, but. Uh, for, I guess, uh, for you guys listening, thank you. Yes, thank you. Th- thank you for tuning in. A big thank you to um, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Tim. Uh, Tim is a friend of Mrs. Headlock Talk, and, and a friend of mine now, because uh, Tim came over for Mrs. Headlock Talk's birthday party last week, and uh, he gave me a six-pack of Shiner uh Beautiful. you know, uh, he, he said he had to get a gift for the Texas gentleman and that that uh <laughs> that that made my heart very full um so thank you Tim uh for the for the wonderful beer because there is no uh there is no better beer there there ain't nothing finer
1: than a shiner yes yes, yes. Uh, shiner is definitely up there for me yeah. yes i would absolutely agree that shiner cheer yeah shiner
0: cheer is really good shiner cheer is fantastic So big thank you to Tim Uh, for those tuning in. If this is your first episode of Headlock Talk, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Headlock Talk, uh, and make sure wherever you're listening to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean, wherever that you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating uh, and review uh, on your choice of uh, listening platform. Uh, that's the best way to get Headlock Talk uh, out to the masses, <laughs> and we would greatly appreciate uh, your love and support here on that. Yes. Um, that said, uh, Stephen, am I missing anything else?
1: For business inquiries, Yes, hit us up at headlocktalk at gmail.com <laughs> if you'd like to... Uh, Send us some underwear so we can talk on air about how great your underwear is. Yeah. Uh, If you want to send us a a mattress, Mattress. uh, we'll sleep on your mattress. Um, If you want to send us uh, um, hot wing sauces... Ooh, um, ooh! Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of hot wings, like hot sauce. Yeah, uh, we'll talk y- about hot sauce. Or, we'll talk about or, whatever you or, want us to talk yeah. about.
0: I, 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 you know what? I, I've, I've liked the, those minimalist wallets, Stephen. Mm. Yeah, the, the, mm. I hear those are quite nice. Yes. Um. Yeah. Also, reading, reading's quite nice. Mm-hmm. So, I think you and I have great voices for for maybe audiobooks.
1: Oh, I could do an audiobook. Yeah, 100. Mm. See, uh, one thing that. Uh, that Headlock Talk listeners may not know about me is I love doing impressions. Yes. I love doing impressions. So uh let me know if, if you would like me to uh read an audiobook for you. I could do it. Yeah, I think you could. I could do it. Well, that's enough of pimping
0: ourselves out for, for <laughs> one week. Um yes, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Again, uh make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating review, and of course follow on Headlock Talk. Uh, or at rather at headlock talk on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh, much love you guys thank you so much for tuning in to another very long episode of headlock talk I'm of course the Texas gentleman and as always right across from me the one the only mr Stephen greedy
1: thank you for listening guys
2: bye bye
1: later <laughs>
0: Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at 695, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at 695, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses. Forever.